The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Hello and welcome to Baseball Barbacast, the only baseball podcast in the world. Already snubbed from the All-Star Game. I'm Jake Mintz, that's Jordan Schusterman, and I don't think we're going to make it this season. I am outraged. You know, All-Star Snubs is one of my... All-Star Snubs season, you could say, oh, it's all almost All-Star season. No, 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 no. It's not about the actual players who make it and clearly deserve it. It's about the players who get absolutely screwed in the fan voting and then after the fact. It is a disgrace of a time. I hate watching the best players in baseball play. I prefer the discourse about the second-level players who maybe deserve to go to Seattle for three days. That's right, and that's what we are going to spend four hours doing on this episode of Baseball Barbacast as uh, the all-star ballots have been released. And, okay, we'll save the snub talk for when we get closer to the actual game. But because the ballot is out, and though it is June 2nd and the all-star game still feels, you know, a while away, we we're, we're going to fill out our all-star ballot. That's what we're going to do in the first half of this show. And then we're going to fill out another all-star ballot, which we will explain after the fact. And then in the second half of the show, we're going to talk about the scorching hot Arizona Diamondbacks just completed a mop of the Rockies. And they are tied with the Dodgers for first place in the NL West. Certainly have to talk about them. And then, of course, it's Friday. So we will talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. And then we will say goodbye. But, Jake, uh, before we get to the all-star ballot, uh, where are you? Uh, Paris, France. The uh, You know, MLB hired me as a consultant to do some investigative research into potential expansion cities. You know, there's been talk of moving the A's to Vegas. Will it be Nashville? Will it be Montreal? And I decided to take it one step further. So I'm in Paris Mm -hmm. uh, looking for sites for a a new stadium here. That's great. That's great. So you're going to buy just a big chunk of land and we're going to develop like kind of like a ballpark village type thing. I'm sure it'll be great. It'll be great. It'll be one of those binding agreements that isn't binding. Perfect. Well, good luck with that. Uh, you know, MLB only sending their top people. That's obviously not what happened, but you are in Paris. That part is not a lie. I am in Paris. I am here on vacation doing a little bike trip across the country of France. Mm-hmm. So I will be a little bit in and out over the next week or so. But today I am recording live from Paris where they have actual Wi-Fi. What do you Whoa. know? Whoa. All right. All right. Well, uh, so yeah, so that's again, our travel schedule has been interesting recently and it's only going to get more interesting, but the podcast rolls on. 
I will say the one thing I'm very much looking forward to here, baseball related, is when you go to other countries that are not baseball countries and you see the baseball things that have popped up into this country, whether it's weird jerseys or murals or pictures mm-hmm. or like I saw a pennant in a clothing store this morning that just said, hey, hey, on it with a picture of a baseball. Like, I love all that shit. And I can't wait to see it. That's baseball. Right. You, you you go to the game. You say, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, that's that's baseball. Hey, hey. I hope here's what you need to do. First Yankees hat you see, you need to be like, yo, you see what Oswald Peraza is doing in Scranton, man? Ten overs in his last 14 games is unbelievable. Everyone called Willie Mays the hey, hey kid. <laughs> that's, that's what they called him. All right. Let's get to our all-star ballots. As we mentioned, the uh, the all-star ballot was released. The all-star game is not until uh, July 11th in Seattle. We will be there very much looking forward to it. But this is when they they release the ballot. And what we're going to do is we're just going to go position by position. And we're going to pick the starters in very basic form. This is not complicated. We're going to say, okay, at this stage, at this stage, right, who deserves to be the All-Star? Let's pretend the All-Star game is tomorrow, Jake. Who should be the All-Star starters? We are going to fill out the ballot together, see where we agree, see where we disagree. And then we will fill out a second ballot in a very different way. Would you like to go position both leagues or all of the American, all of the national? Um, I think we go just position by position, both leagues. I think that's easier. That's the way we're looking at it uh, on the ballot. If you pull it up on MLB.com, that feels like the easiest way to do it. So we will begin. Yeah. One of the best parts of any all-star ballot is that everyone is on here. So every team has one person on the website. You can write people in, but every position, every team gets a player. Yeah, it I pretty yeah, like 95%. So I know there's some where like some position doesn't have any anyone close to qualifying, but generally yes, you have a lot of options. <laughs> and so, but of course for this first one, we're we're going to take it pretty seriously. We're going to we're going to put the best and most deserving players in. So let's begin at first base. Let's begin in the American League, Jake. American League first baseman. This is a slam dunk for me. It's Yandy Diaz. He has somehow elevated his game to a ridiculous level that even I, as the number one Yandy Diaz fan, did not think he could reach. His OPS is nearing 1,000. And while some of there have been, you know, there are some other interesting seasons. Rizzo has been awesome for sure. I think Yandy's a slam dunk here. I agree. I have Yandy on my ballot too. It will be interesting to see whether he can beat out Rizzo Mm -hmm. just because there are more Yankees fans in Tampa than there are Rays fans. And so like fan vote wise, Rizzo is going to have a huge advantage over Yandy, even though Yandy's definitely had a better season. Not to take anything away from Rizzo. Or or Vlad, right? I mean, there's just some fan bases. We know, like, this is, there's a lot of voting dynamics at play that are going to impact who's actually going to be the starters. We realize that. We're picking the guys who we think deserve it the most. National League, I think, is a little bit more interesting. You have a lot more, a deeper list of, of stronger candidates. And I'll, I'll let you pick first here, and then I'll, I'll give my pick. Yeah, so I think it's between Goldschmidt, Freeman, and Pete Alonzo. Mm-hmm. And I guess Lamont Wade Jr., which is hilarious. <laughs> but sure. I think you have to take Freeman. I know that Pete has 20 home runs. Mm-hmm. But Freddie Freeman, everyone, is hitting 346 right now yeah. with an ops over 1,000. Yeah, Freeman is on. It's he, Him and Goldschmidt are similar in that you don't really notice their hot streaks because they're never bad. But the last two weeks, Freeman has been basically up there with Judge as the best hitter in baseball. Like He's on an actual even above Freddie Freeman norm. And while two weeks ago, I would have said Pete, even though the average wasn't there, I'm with you. I think I got to go Freddie Freeman here. Um, yeah. Batting average does not tell the whole story, but it tells some 
a lot of the story. And there is a big difference between hitting 346 and for Pete hitting 235. And it's not like Freddie's hitting an empty 346, right? Like he has 10 no. bombs. Like he's still Freddie Freeman. Yeah, 100%. So no, I'm, I'm with you. I think even maybe a week and a half ago, I would have gone Pete, but Freddie's been just, just absurd. All right, we move to second base in the American League. Of course, my heart says Jose Caballero, uh, but I don't think I can go with him. It's kind of with normally like Altuve has been carrying this for years, right? But he's been out. He still would not surprise me at all if he still ends up starting the game uh, here. But because he's only played a few weeks, I think Semyon is the easy pick. Uh, he's been he's been amazing. Like for the first couple weeks, it was like, oh god, did did Semyon forget how to play baseball in April again? Like he did the last few years. But no, he's been amazing. I think Semyon's easy. I really don't want to agree on all of these, but mm -hmm. I think we might. I will also take Semyon, but with a special shout out to Adam Frazier, who's been outstanding for the Orioles. He's cooled off a little bit last couple of weeks. And then Zach McKinstry in Detroit has been, a 832 ops. He's been he's been picking it up. But no, I, I think I mean, honestly, like Altuve looks awesome. Like, I mean, I it could reasonably he looks just as good. I don't know. Like, he's not a bad pick either, even though he hasn't played that much. So, all right. Uh, National League's a little bit more interesting. I think you know who I'm going to take, but there are there are a couple strong candidates here. Go first. You go first. I'm actually torn here. What do you think? Me too. I'm also torn here. Yeah. So two very different styles of second baseman. I think the leading candidates are Luis Arise, who's hitting 382 on June 2nd, or Nolan Gorman, breakout season, arguably been the Cardinals' best hitter this year. Certainly more, more power there. And I'm going to allow this to be an opportunity. You know, the Cardinals were, were in Cincinnati recently, and I spent a lot of time with Derek Gould, and it, it clicked with us together. Nolan Gorman, and I, I thought about saving this for our segment later at some point, Nolan Gorman is Dan Ugla. He's left-handed hitting Dan Ugla. Like, it is everything. He's built the same way. Now, it's different because he was a first-round pick. He was a celebrated high schooler. Dan Ugla was a Rule 5 pick. But when you talk about the kind of production and the kind of line, and if, you think I'm, if you're a Cardinals fan thinking, that's insulting, go look what Dan Ugla did at his peak. And it's basically what Nolan Gorman could hope to do and might do immediately this season. So, I am, oh my God. I mean, you know I love a rise so much, uh, but Gorman's been amazing. So, wh wh who are you going here? I'm going to go with Luis Arise. Shouts out to Nolan Gorman. Yeah. But there's just something great about seeing a guy hitting 382. And yeah. I think Luis Arise, like in the All Star game, has an opportunity to just have a couple like base knocks through the hole. I want that. <laughs> I want something boring from him in, in Seattle. I agree. I I will go Gorman just for the sake of being slightly different, but I mean I love I love Rise, so uh, no wrong answer there. All right, we move to third base. Third base is fascinating to me because just so many famous names in both leagues. But as we know, a lot of them have either been injured or extremely underwhelming. So in the American League, it seemed like we were heading toward an extremely obvious answer, although that obvious answer, Matt Chapman, has not been as good lately. His overall numbers are still fantastic. I think I would still pick him. But my goodness, Josh Young with the Texas Rangers has been sensational, probably the front runner for AL Rookie of the Year at this stage. Is there anybody else you would consider here? Yeah, I think Devers who's been a little underwhelming, but, I mean, still really, really good. I think those are the only guys. I mean, Jose right? Ramirez like, has still, like, the overall numbers are down, but he still looked like Jose Ramirez. He's had some massive hits. Like, oh, he's the only person who's really shown up clutch consistently for Cleveland and for their terrible offense. So, like, I would still be okay rooting for Ramirez, or voting for Ramirez, even though the numbers are a little bit below. Uh, so, but, yeah, what do you think? Now is probably a good time to talk about, like, our voting ideology. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Because I think we differ a little bit like you are more like I'm going to re- reward the guy with the best first half. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think I skew a little bit. I want to watch the all star game. Mm-hmm. I want to be entertained by you. Mm-hmm. Plus how well you played in the first half. Yep. And so for that reason, I am actually going to vote for Ramirez, mm-hmm. who I would prefer to see in the game and would not be out of place starting it. And who I think I think he'll probably start it. That would be my guess. Like if I had to bet on someone to do it, it would either be him or Devers. We'll yeah, and that's the thing. That's why for that reason, I'm I actually am probably going to vote for Devers here, uh, just because from a from a pure power production, he's been the most consistent. And while you know some of the numbers are a little bit down, like I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Devers. Like I still think that he's he has been in a year that has been very important for him to be as good and reliable for the Red Sox. I'm I'm gonna stick with Devers. I mean, listen, Chapman has been awesome, but he he really really cooled off in May, so. We will go with Devers and Ramirez there. All right, National League. This is more interesting, right? Because it's just been so consistently Arenado and Machado, and it is so obviously not Arenado and Machado this year. Nolan has been a lot better, for sure, over the last month. Is he still the favorite here? I don't know. I don't really feel good about any of these picks. <laughs> so who would you? Who who are you leaning? Uh, leaning I for? think you probably have to take Max Muncy, mm-hmm. who is like not a good defender over there. And is not a particularly like fun all-star game watch to see him just kind of like draw a walk against Shane Bieber and then (laughs) fly back to L.A. You know what I mean? But the guy has 17 taters. And so I don't really want to overcomplicate things. He is, yes, hitting 209, but he is just back to being like a good version of Max Muncy. The OBP is really high. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll probably lean to lean with him, I think. Yeah, that's fine. I think Riley has been good enough. Maybe a little disappointing that you could argue for him. And then other guys like J.D. Davis has been amazing. And McMahon has been unbelievable in the last couple of weeks. And Patrick and Wisdom good in Chicago, that, dude. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. I don't know. I think I probably would still lean Riley here. but I, Or just like Cabrian. No, Cabrian Hayes still can't hit. God damn it. Um, I'll, I'll just go with Riley here. Uh, but Muncy's is uh, is I you have a fair critique of the Max Muncy All Star experience. All right, short stop, Jake Mitz. Uh, this one is tough, I would say, because I as we I've already chosen to uh, reward Yandi here for the Rays' amazing first half. Wander has been incredible, but Bobichet is just he is everything that you want. He is so much fun to watch. He's on track to lead the American League in hits for the third straight year. I'm not sure how often that has happened in baseball history. Leading, and I know it's not necessarily batting average, but he's amazing. I love Bobuchet. I love watching everything about him. And he he also exudes all-star energy at all times. So <laughs> Bobuchet is an easy pick for me here. I will take Wander. I think another aspect of all-star voting is like, telling the story of the first half of the season mm-hmm. and having two raise hitters in the starting lineup does that mm-hmm. for me. Wander is a superstar in our game and for him to develop more notoriety on the national stage, he needs to be showcased in events like this. Yep. Right. Um, and it's not like he's been bad. Like he's probably been the second best shortstop mm-hmm. statistically behind Bichette. And you could even make an argument that with the defense, he's been a more valuable player. I think he's ahead of Bichette by some war metrics. And so for that reason, I'll, I'll go with Wander, who, by the way, 20 bags. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's he is doing like in the way that because he was clearly not at 100 percent, we stupidly I won't say we, but some people stupidly forgot how amazing Acuna was. Same thing with Wander, and he's even younger and has proven less, but like the capability is, is there for him. And I'll also mention Corey Seager has been amazing, but he's just missed too much time. 
Wander Franco goes to the supermarket and they say paper or plastic. And he says, I'll take all the bags. <laughs> well said. We go to the National League. Uh, way more <laughs> underwhelming. I don't feel good. I mean, again, this is a situation where you have Bogarts and you have Turner, these guys who just signed for Turner. You have Swanson, right? All these big money signings. And Lindor, whose OPS is closer to 700 than 800. I mean, I don't... <laughs> like, this is a good case where you have a lot of picks where guys feel like all-stars, right? Francisco Lindor is, of course, the... That's him. He's he's an all-star. That's that He should be an all-star. He deserves to be there. But performance-wise, he he does not. And so where, where, where are you leaning here? Because if we're just going performance, I mean, you could make for Geraldo Perdomo. You could say Castro. I still kind of want to lean Bogarts for how good he was at the beginning of the season, although he's tailed off lately. But I don't know. Orlando Arcia has been, you know, certainly uh, pretty spectacular for Atlanta. I think I am going to, I don't know. I don't feel good about any of these. I think I'll probably just go Lindor just to, you know, he's, he is, he's the most comfortable one. I'd like to see Lindor mic'd up again at the all-star game. Like he's, I'll just go with Lindor. It's a boring answer, but I don't feel particularly inspired by other ones. I'll take Dansby Swanson, who has been the best of those big money free agent shortstops, right? Correa has been hurt in meh. And then like Bogarts, I think, has been a little bit worse than Dansby statistically. And Turner's obviously been a a pumpkin. And like Dansby has gone to Chicago and been exactly what he was supposed to be, right? Mm -hmm. The hitting is kind of different now. Like he's striking out a little bit less and walking a little bit more, but it's overall kind of the same value, same OPS. And he's still one of the best, if not the best defensive shortstop in baseball and those two things together make for a really valuable player and the smile and the Cubs uniform mm-hmm. I'm just gonna go with Dansby yep that's fair all right catcher uh it's Adley Rutschman and it's not complicated as far as I'm concerned I mean Jonah Heim's awesome I wrote about Jonah Heim a couple weeks ago he's gonna make an extremely strong case to be one of those catchers to go for the AL and I think that would be more than deserving but other than that, it's pretty – and Salvi has been honestly pretty much – he's been much closer to 2021 Salvi than 2022 Salvi, which has been amazing. So I think you can make a strong case for for Salvi as well. But, you know, Adley's Adley's Adley. So. Yeah, shouts out to okay. Jonah Heim, though. Like, what a, what a thing. Oh, yeah. No, again, another <laughs> – the Orioles had a switch-hitting catcher. <laughs> and Jonah Heim could have been an all-star. And then he got traded three times before he ended up uh, getting to this point. So uh, amazing season for him. But Adley is the pick in the National League. Sean Murphy would seem like the runaway favorite, but like Will Smith just, he's so good. He's so boring. He's so, and it's not like Sean Murphy is like the, you know, the face of explosive personality and fun to watch. <laughs> but relative to Will Smith, he is. And so I think Eileen Murphy here. Uh, but what do you think? Will Smith is an untoasted plain bagel. <laughs> it does the job, but there are more inspiring options at every turn. Yeah. And I cannot in good conscience vote for him where we're basically saying we want you to represent the sport to a larger audience. We want to showcase the best the game has to offer. Statistically, is that Will Smith? Yes. But he is representative of just this boring, efficient baseball output that I'm not about. So I'm writing. I I got Sean Murphy. He's like he's like Kyle Tucker in that respect, except the difference is that Kyle Tucker, there have been stories written about him where it's like, no, this guy's actually sneaky, fun and cool and interesting. He's just shy. 
you're yeah. not reading those stories about Will Smith. Um, okay, uh, let us uh, move on. So yes, I, also Sean Murphy uh, has not been an all-star yet. Uh, Will Smith also has not been an all-star yet. But uh, Sean Murphy feels like, as you said, more of the story of the season in that sense. So I'm going to go with Murphy in that sense. All right, outfield. This is where things get fun. In the AL, I think it's pretty easy. Certainly a lot of famous names. Certainly a lot of guys I would like to see in there. And Mariners fans listening say, oh my God, what about Kelnick? No. For me, this is easy. Relatively easy. I think the slam dunks are Jordan and Judge. And then from there, it gets interesting because as far as having you mentioned, you want to have more Rays. I think Randy is a very easy pick here. And I think Josh Lowe has a very good case as well. So Jordan and Judge are my locks. I would go Randy because as we just mentioned, like talk about Exude's all-star energy. I mean, he's everything. You, we, we cannot, <laughs> like Randy is exactly who should be in the all-star game. So I'm going to go with him uh, and and Judge and Jordan. Can I just DH Jordan? I wish we could. We should. I want the to Astros. The, the Astros should. He's way more. He's way more deserving than any of the other ALDH candidates. But he has been playing enough outfield, so that's where he is. So we're not going to break the rules here. I mean, yes, that's what I would do for sure, and pick another outfielder. But that's not what we're doing here. Alrighty, fine. So Judge is the one you have to do. That's like, if you don't, it's malpractice. Mm-hmm. I will also go with Jordan, and then instead. Instead I mean, Kiermaier, of, <laughs> Kiermaier yeah. is, is the fun one I think you could go with. Uh, Josh Lowe, obviously. I mean, Mullins was certainly, you know, on track there. All the race hitters are so good. Like Jose Siri has an 884 OPS. I'm not going to simplify it. I'm just going to go with Trout. Because when I'm done Ooh, okay. and I'm dead and he's done and he's dead, I want the people who live on in the future with the cockroaches and the melting planet to look on the B-Ref on their Google Glass circa 20. 20- <laughs> You know, 2,000, 3,000, and 35. I want them to see Mike Trout made 86 All-Star games. I agree. And so I need to contribute to that. So I'll take Trout, Judge, and Jordan. Fair point. Yoshida, OPS, 889. Holy shit. All right, National League. It's a little bit more interesting, although certainly some obvious. Okay, so Acuna is Judge in this situation, so we just lock him in. Other two spots are a little bit more fun. You could go a lot of different directions. Certainly some familiar faces like Mookie Betts and Juan Soto, who's been unbelievable in recent weeks. But man, like I am just going to go ahead and say it right now. And we're going to talk about it a little bit later. I'm going Lourdes Gurriel Jr. I don't know if he's this with my second pick, but he's been unbelievable. Hitting 309, OPS over 900. He is entirely made up for the underwhelming performances from Jake McCarthy and Alec Thomas in that outfield and has made that trade look just so freaking good considering how good Moreno has been as well. So I'll go Gurriel Jr. Like he's earned it and he's making himself a lot of money as a free agent to be soon. So I will go with Acuna and Soto as well. Those are kind of two obvious picks for me. Just like with everything that Soto was struggling with like early in the year and he's just forgotten about it and bounced back and just been himself and been incredible and put up the same numbers that we expected. Mm -hmm. That's super impressive to me. Him and Acuna just being together in the same outfield is enticing. And then in center, I'm going to do Brandon Marsh because Mm. Brandon Marsh has been taken, like he took a huge step forward offensively. Mm -hmm. The numbers don't love him as much defensively as they did last year, but I still think like he's an elite defender out there. And you want to talk about all-star energy. I mean, that guy's getting mic'd up in the all-star game, Mm -hmm. soaking wet in the outfield. Give it to me. Also like... Who is going to be the Phillies all-star otherwise? Bryce Harper. I know that sounds nuts. 
Like, I guess Harper is still going to be, and we can get to, you know, NLDH here in a second. Um, I guess it probably will still be him. But no, I'm, I'm with you. I think that's a great one. So Soto and Acuna are my locks. And then there's a lot of different directions you can go, but I will go with Guriel. All right, we go to the designated hitter. Here we go. Um, yeah, honestly, underwhelming group for both sides. Like, Otani was in a pretty rough slump for three weeks. And then you saw what he just did in Chicago this week. Like, he was looking actively bad for three straight weeks. Um, and then he was, then it was time. He was like, Oh, sorry. I'm good. Don't worry about it. Uh, here's a couple massive home runs and we're, we're good. And I still think he's the answer here. I mean, I love Jake Berger, but he was out for a while. He he's kind of the fun pick for sure. And not, not deserving, but yeah, you know, yeah. Fuck it. Jake Berger. Jake Berger's my pick. <laughs> Otani will be Rook. there. It's fine. I'm oh, taking right. Brent Rooker. Yeah. Put Otani okay. in as yeah. a pitcher. Just why can't he take one of the pitcher spots? He would. Yes, he should and will. Uh, Rooker has really not been great over the last few weeks, which uh, is unfortunate, but he will be the A's all-star. I mean, I don't really see a scenario where yeah. he's not. So, um, I yeah, and, I stand you know what? Statement. Bad logic for me. I'll take Otani. If I'm using my <laughs> trout logic, I have to use it with Otani. Yeah, We're going to want him as much as we can. I'll go with Jake Berger. And then in the NL, I'm going Solaire. I mean, J.D. Martinez has been amazing lately and like whatever, fine, great. Bryce Harper will probably get the votes even though he's been good. He's been good. Uh, but Soler is is just a delight. I I love Soler. Soler. Harper gets my vote for the medical marvel he is. Oh, oh, that's fair. That's he. he <laughs> not normally why we would think we were, were putting him in the All-Star game, but... I am totally with you. All right, there we go. We did it. Uh, and then pitchers, that's a different conversation. Um, but uh, if you want to, <laughs> uh, we can have that conversation another time. I'm sure we'll do some Cy Young check-ins here soon. But, okay, my lineup in the American League, Yandi, Semyon, Devers, Bichette in the infield, Rutschman behind the plate, Jordan, Randy, and Judge in the outfield, and Jake M. F. and Berger at DH. <laughs> what a story for Jake Berger. Uh, in the NL, uh, oh, yeah, who got in the AL? Go ahead. I got Yandy. Yandy. Mm-hmm. I have Yandy Diaz at first base, Marcus Semien at second, Jose Ramirez at third, Wander at short, Adley, duh, behind the dish, Judge, Jordan, Mike Trout in the outfield, Shohei Otani, DH. National League, my infield, first base, Freddie Freeman, second base, Nolan Gorman, third base, Austin Riley, don't feel good about it, shortstop, Francisco Lindor, don't feel good about that either. Sean Murphy, a catcher, I do feel good about that. Outfield, Acuna, Gurriel, both juniors, as many juniors as we can get, and Juan Soto. And Jorge Soler at DH. Jorge Soler, can we get you in the home run derby, please? Ooh. Ooh. Freddie Freeman, Luisa Rice, Max Muncie, Dansby Swanson is my infield. Sean Murphy behind the plate. Acuna, Soto, and wet boy Brandon Marsh in the outfield with Bryce Harper as my designated hitter. That's it, right, Jordan? No more all-star uh, stuff? Yeah, that's it. Oh, nope, just kidding. We're going to fill out one more ballot. We're going to speed run this one, and we're going to change the assignment we are going to refresh this ballot, and now we are going to fill out the funniest possible all-star ballot. And that is the word I'm going to use, because I do not just want to pick the players with the worst numbers. I want to pick the funniest all-star starter that would make people, that would be the most entertaining for a variety of ways. Again, no disrespect to these players. This is just, we're thinking what it would be funny. It is not just about, oh, this guy's hitting 170. Ha ha, he's an all-star. We have to come up with better than just that. So let's go. Let's move down. Let's let's go down the list here and let's fill out our funniest possible all-star ballot. Remember, these would be the starters, 
these starters, these starters. All right, let's begin at first base. I think I am going to go with Ryan Noda, mostly because he's not been the worst at all. He's been good. But as far as the least name recognition on literally this entire ballot, it is him. I think pretty comfortably it is him. And so I'm going with Ryan Noda, a rule five. I'm going with Jose Abreu because he has been so horrible that him being there, I imagine there are players in the league who don't know that he's been horrible because like dudes in the NL are not like following the Astros, right? And so if Jose Abreu showed up to the All-Star game, they'd be like, oh yeah, Jose Abreu is here again, where in reality, he just got there because of our bizarre backwards exercise. Totally agree. Uh, Funniest possible first baseman pick. Eh, I mean, a lot of these guys are pretty good. Oh, this is actually easy. It's Carlos Santana in Seattle. That's both not just the funniest, but just like the best. He would get a hero's welcome. He would be, he would maybe get the loudest uh, ovation of any of the all-star starters if Carlos Santana was the starting first baseman um, in Seattle uh, in July. I'm going to go with Cody Clemens of the Phillies, Roger Clemens's kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. We get get him on the broadcast. All right, we go to second base. That's that's an easy one in terms of uh, poor name recognition. Second base. This is an interesting one. Um, okay, you know what? I'm going to go with Adam Frazier here for maybe the opposite reason. I'd be curious to see his reception from the Mariners fans. Yes, he had some big hits, but he also was disappointing. But also, because of how bad Colton Wong has been, and you don't see him on this ballot, it's Jose Caballero. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we appreciate Adam Frazier more in retrospect. I'm going to go Adam Frazier here. I'm going to go with Tony Camp. His uh, OPS starts with a four. Mm. Yeah, that's not that's not going to cut it. But we and do like he's Tony good Camp. vibes. Like Tony Camp is like great vibes, so he'd be fine anyway. That's know? true. He would be he would be a damn good time. All right, second base here. Mm, uh, I think I'd probably go with. Oh man, Harold Castro is up there with Ryan Noda in terms of name recognition. So I probably and he has zero home runs in Colorado. So I think I'm going to go with Harold Castro. I'm going to go with automatic base path out Jiwan Bay. <laughs> that dude, yeah, he he d- does enjoy a good two plan. Uh, all right, third base, third base here, man. Okay, again, like how many A's are we really going to pick? I don't know. I think Kyle Farmer is a good answer here. Kyle Farmer, talk about like the antithesis of an all-star, not just from a production standpoint, but from an energy standpoint, like he's the consummate bench player. And so to have him starting an all-star game is great. Kyle Farmer is my pick in the AL. I'll take unhinged Wolfman Nick Maton in Detroit. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> He's had some moments, but that 167 average is no bueno. Uh, National League's easy. I'm going Gene Segura. Gene Segura has been an unmitigated disaster, but is still bat flipping occasionally clutch hits against his old teams for some reason, which is the best. I love Gene Segura. He's a total weirdo, and he is my uh, National League funniest third base all-star. All right. In the American, I'm going to do the same. Segura is a no-brainer. I will go with Zach Neto for Mm -hmm. my AL shortstop. A year ago, he was playing college baseball. And Mm -hmm. the idea of putting him and his enormous leg kick in the All-Star game would be very funny to me. Uh, I am going to go with Mateo here because of how bad he's been recently and how good he was before, which averages out to an all-star performance. And he, you know, he could do some, some interesting stuff. Cause if you stop paying attention, you're like, Oh yeah, that guy was amazing. Oh no, he's, he's been terrible. All right. National league here. Again, we could, I mean, John Verde is a great one. Chris Taylor is probably the funniest. Again, we're leaning into the Seattle one. Chris Taylor, national league starting shortstop. 
uh, would be unfortunate for Mariners fans, but maybe Zach Lee will be there. Who knows? I will take Orlando Arcia because even though he's been spectacular, we spent the entire offseason like hand-wringing about what the Braves were going to do with shortstop, and he has an 842 OPS. So, Yep, agreed. All right, catching. A lot of terrible numbers here, but come on. It's a layup. It's Mike Zanino, who has not been very good this year, but he's absolutely going to be my pick in this situation uh, for him to return to Seattle as the starting catcher in the All-Star game would be objectively hilarious. That's a layup. Yep. And then in the National League, there are some bad numbers here. I mean, Jacob Stallings, maybe. Oh, and between Stallings and Nola, right? Again, we're going the former Mariners one. Nola is probably the one who has gotten the most vitriol from his own fan base, I would say. So to have him be the all-star is also would be interesting. Joey Bart would fit in that category as well. But I think this is an easy one for me, actually. It's Wilson Contreras. I think I have to go with Wilson Contreras, who was told, you can't catch, sorry. And then it's like, you can catch. And then it's like, no, uh, maybe our pitching is just bad. Wilson Contreras, all-star starting catcher. <laughs> so good. You cannot catch the Cardinals, but you can catch... Clayton Kershaw, you can catch. You can catch all of the best pitchers. It's great. So yeah, that's an easy one. Do you have another? Or, is, or you're, you're good with? No, that. I'll go with I'll go with Contreras. Uh, in okay. the outfield for the American League, tough to kind of sift through a lot of these names. I'm going to go with Oswaldo Cabrera, who I believe oh, was sent down to sent Scranton. Down. Right. Yep. yep. Yeah, that's not gonna that's not gonna cut it. I mean, there's some like if we just want to go worst possible again, just go like. Why are we watching this in an all-star game? I mean, Miles Straw is an easy yep. one. I would say, I mean, here's here's the real answer. You just go with Cleveland's outfield. And we love Stephen Kwan, but in terms of who we want to you know, tune in for, for like an all-star performance, it might just be that. But I think Oswaldo's a good one since he's in AAA and on the ballot. I'm going to go with Miles Straw for sure. And then beyond, who's my third one? You know what? I'm actually going to go with Aaron Judge. I'm going to go with Aaron Judge flanked by Miles Straw and I guess ironically <laughs> Oswaldo Cabrera, <laughs> but maybe somebody else. That's so good. That's a great Yeah, great like Aaron pick. Judge on this team, we're still making him start with all these other players is, is funny to me. <laughs> do you have any do, other AL ones that stand out? I'll do Esteri Ruiz, who might actually be their all-star. He, he yeah, he could. He's been, he's been, you might still 80 bases. So I'm, I'm in on that. All right. NL here. Um, I think one funny possibility is to go with Tommy Edmond and Brent Donovan <laughs> forced into Cardinals outfield duty when their outfield uh, plan has, has totally gone to shit. I'm trying to think of some other guys who stand out as, as particularly amusing this year. Um, I mean, Victor Robles would be an interesting one, him finally uh, becoming an all-star. I think Brian Reynolds would be an interesting reception as someone who Mariners fans desperately wanted to trade for uh, for much of the season. But I think I mm, – is that funny? I don't know. Who, who stands out to you here? Jazz Chisholm Jr. Oh, yes. Yes, good pick. Who tweeted – we love Jazz, but my guy. Come on. Jazz tweeted like you're you ha- get off the bandwagon now like I'm gonna play all 162 I'm gonna play 155 games and he's barely played and like we don't want to make fun of injuries but like duh you know yeah. he was amazing in center field and he wasn't even that good so I think him underwhelming because he was there last year and didn't play like I think he made the team that's true that would be another funny one uh, I think everything Nick Castellanos does is funny so I will take him mm-hmm. that is kind of a <laughs> layup a for me. Uh, and then I will take Will Myers and his yep. 540 OPS. 
Yep, that's a good one. Part of me was thinking again, funny, what's funny is creating a, a horrible defensive outfield is one way to make it funny. Um, but I don't want Marcelo Zuno involved whatsoever. So we're going to pass on that opportunity. I think like there's some other guys here, right? Again, it's just like, you really have not the, thinking about them in the outfield. I'm going to go pro far. <laughs> I'm going to go pro far as just to like, remember when we like spent real time talking about him in the off season and then no one signed him until the Rockies were like, yeah, sure, whatever. So I'm going to go pro far. I think Will Myers is a good one. He's been uh, really disappointing. And then this is not to disrespect, but I just think it would be funny from the standpoint of sorry, Cubs fans. It's Jason Hayward. Uh, it's probably Jason Hayward. You could argue that putting doing Jason Hayward and Cody Bellinger would be a, a pretty great uh, kind of combination to put in the outfield there. But I'm going to go. I think I am going to go with those two. I'm going to go with with uh, with Bellinger. I'm going to go with um, with with Jason Hayward, and then I I'm going to go with Will Myers. Hayward Bellinger Betts is a funny trio, but I will go with. Uh, Cassianos, Chisholm, and Myers. And then for DH in the uh, NL, it's Joey Votto, who has not played, but is on the ballot. That is yep. uh, a layup. In the AL, there are two options for me. Miguel Cabrera in his final season, who I imagine will be there anyway. Like he They're going to do the anyway. yep. thanks for playing. Yep. Uh, but I'm going to go with AJ Pollock, who <laughs> is the Mariners DH on here. And he's been terrible because then you're forcing Mariners fans to get on their feet and applaud oh, yeah. a guy with a 568 OPS in the starting lineup. Well, and, and particularly like Mariners DH has just been such a problem. And so <laughs> celebrating that, forcing Mariners fans to celebrate that, I totally agree with you, is very, very funny. Great pick. All right, my lineup in the AL. Ryan Noda, Adam Frazier, Kyle Farmer, and Jorge Mateo go Orioles. Mike Sanino behind the plate. My outfield is <laughs> Oswaldo Cabrera, Aaron Judge, and Miles Straw. Um, AJ Pollock <laughs> is my DH. Uh, what you got in the AL? Abreu, Tony Kemp. Nick Maton, Zach Neto, Mike Zunino, Oswaldo Cabrera, Esteri Ruiz, who has been probably too good to be on this list, but I guess you have Aaron Judge. Miles Straw and AJ Pollock. In the NL, I have Cody Clemens, Jiwan Bay, Gene Segura, Orlando Arcia, Wilson Contreras, Nick Castellanos, Jazz, Will Myers, and Joey Votto. And uh, my NL squad, Carlos Santana, Harold Castro, Gene Segura, Chris Taylor in the infield, Wilson Contreras behind the dish because he deserves to catch the All-Stars. I'm going Bellinger, Hayward, Myers in the outfield, uh, and, of course, Joey Votto at DH. All right, that was fun. Thanks for indulging us on that silly exercise. We're going to take a quick break, and when we return, talk a little snakes, and then the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm James Hinchcliffe, and I co-host Off Track with Hinch and Rossi with my good buddy, Indianapolis 500 champion Alexander Rossi. With the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500 officially in the books, we will be bringing every single one of you a plethora of entertaining race-related content, including an in-depth recap of the race, driver breakdowns, and overall thoughts from the greatest spectacle in racing. Then, on Thursday night, we will be dropping the final reaction podcast to the 100 Days to Indy series with a couple of special guests. Listen to it on Off Track now on the SXM app or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back to Baseball Barbacast, Jake Mintz. That's Jordan Schusterman. Now, there is not a lot of water in the desert. And so usually when you are in Arizona, you don't need a mop because a mop is typically used to soak up water. However, this week was a little different as the Arizona Diamondbacks <laughs> mopped their way to a mop against the Colorado Rockies. 
Mop in the desert, baby. One of the more fun mops we've seen because they were down going into the ninth. I, I, at the start of the day, I was like, oh, should I tweet out my opportunity for the D-backs? I was like, you know what? I've done that a few times and I've jinxed them, so I'm not going to do that. Let's just see how it plays out. Hopefully they can take care of business. Close game, but Corbin Carroll delivering a walk-off hit in the bottom of the ninth, which he said after the game was the first walk-off of his life at any level. That is amazing. But that's because he barely played baseball in the minor leagues. <laughs> that's true. And you have to think, too, that whoever Corbin Carroll was playing for in high school is probably kicking everyone's ass. <laughs> yeah, so like they were never down in the ninth. Right, how many walk-off situations? That could be wrong, but I would love to know more about that. Uh, but Corbin Carroll is a good place to start because the Arizona Diamondbacks are 34-23. and 23. They are tied with the Dodgers in first place. And I think we are both cautiously optimistic about this team. And for me, it feels like I don't know what their exact record has been since they DFA'd Madison Bumgarner. And I know their pitching hasn't necessarily been amazing, but it does feel like they have just been – They've it's really started to come together for them. Like I really saw them this year – as a team that could win, you know, 83, 84, 85 games. And it, I assumed it just wasn't going to be enough against the Dodgers and Padres. Oops. Um, but now here they are tied with the Dodgers. And they are really, really, really fun to watch. They are a team that is is built in a lot of ways for, uh, you know, the new rules. I mean, Carroll is, of course, the, the perfect example of that. But they've got enough pitching. You know, Merrill Kelly has really kind of turned his season around. He's been really good. Gallon, of course, a scion candidate uh, on his own. I still feels pretty shallow. Like I look at this bullpen and I'm like, okay, am I really believing in this group? But it's good enough. And I'm, I'm really impressed with this team. Yeah, it's a good exercise in how to climb yourself out of a rebuild. Like what are the pieces you need to be in contention, right? Mm -hmm. So who are the players on this team who basically like survived the bad times? Christian Walker, Cattell Marte, and Josh Rojas are the three position players. Nick Ahmed, I guess, too, but he's just terrible. Mm -hmm. uh, Zach Gallen kind of fits that mold. Uh, and then that's really it, right? And so those are the guys who they kind of found when they were bad to be a part of the next good team. Uh, Moreno, Guriel are trade acquisitions that happened over the offseason. Mm -hmm. Perdomo is a prospect that they got in a trade, right, from Pittsburgh. Uh, they no, they signed no, him. He's, he's, I think he's been there. Um, yeah, he's been there. So but, he's been there forever. Mm -hmm. McCarthy was a guy that they took. Mm -hmm. Alec Thomas, I know he's been bad. He's a guy they took. Corbin Carroll was a guy that they took. So it does have a, a bunch of the different components that you need to be a competitive team. The thing I like about them is the pitching depth that they have. They have so many young arms, whether it's Brandon Fott, who I know is bad, or Tommy Henry, or Ryan Nelson, or Drew Jam Dre Jameson. Like, they have guys that they can come out, come bring up and test out. Right. And so if one of them fails, I just try the other one. And that's kind of what they've done where like Tommy Henry is the one that seems to have stuck better than the others. Uh, Dre Jameson has been used out of the bullpen a little bit, but his numbers are fantastic. And the most important thing I think with this team, like as a non-Diamondbacks fan, I don't really give a shit whether they're good or not. Like I would love to see them in October, but if they win 83 games in the end, like that's fine. Mm -hmm. But they're entertaining. They're worth putting on your TV. Like yeah. they are an interesting, compelling style of baseball in this new age for these new rules and be like, that's all I care about. Like, I just want them to, you know, dance for me. And Carol, I mean, Carol's just an absolute star. I will say for all what I just said, the skepticism of the bullpen, the other way to spin that is basically saying, okay, uh, you've never heard of any of these guys and they all have ERAs around three. Like we talk about this often. We've seen it with the, with our favorite teams in Seattle and Baltimore. Like they, a good way to turn your team around is, 
find a way to turn a bullpen, to create a bullpen out of nothing. And I'm looking at, you know, Andrew Chafin, of course, that's that's the one that they have clearly relied on as the closer. And he's been a good reliever for a long time. And I don't understand why he did not have more interest as a free agent. Like he just has seemed like a very solid, reliable, one of the better lefty relievers in the game. But Scott McGuff, Kevin Ginkle, Miguel Castro, Kyle Nelson, Jose Ruiz, like that <laughs> does not scream, you know, reliability in the back half of games. And it has been. And so that's, but that's kind of how bullpens are built nowadays. Good bullpens are built. And so you you got to give them credit. And I also would say too, we, we, we talk a lot about how hitting coaches and pitching coaches, you know, how much do we really want to give them uh, credit or give them blame? Like, Brent Strom is is no joke, and Brent Strom. And by the way, if it, the fact that you know, and I know that it seems like from the reporting that the relationship with Madison Bumgarner was at least mixed. But if if you're not going to listen to Brent Strom, you're you don't want to get better. It's really that simple. And the way that people talk about him, and he's just a fascinating, incredible case of someone who is the perfect blend of old school and new school. Truly, and that's a cliche, but he is the best example of that. And it's, it's showing and it's, it's really cool. And, you know, there's a little bit concerning how some of the younger guys have thrown. I know Fod has really struggled in the early going and Nelson, we haven't really seen the same success, but that, that gives me a little bit of pause for the long run, but the, the steps forward for Perdomo on offense, especially, and the fact that they kept Cattell Marte, which was a huge question over the last few years has proven to be very important as he's looked really good again this season. So it's a fun team. I agree with you. And that Moreno and Gurriel trade, whether Gurriel, you know, stays long-term or not, like Moreno is clearly a franchise catcher. I know his power numbers aren't quite there yet, but he is, he's really, really fun to watch. So they're great. They're great. And I don't know how much longer they're going to hang into it, but them and the giants being sneaky competent again recently, like it's just going to make that climb for the Padres all the, all the more difficult. And that, that is the other main takeaway here is it's like, look, I don't know how many games the D-backs are going to win, but they are not about to go in the shitter. And that is big time problems for our friends in San Diego. So, uh, so yeah, credit to the D-backs on their mopping this week. Jake Mintz, it's Friday. It's time for the good, the bad, and the ugla. Something good, something bad, something Dan ugla from the past week. And it can't be Nolan Gorman. You start us off. You are in Paris, France. What is something good that you have seen in the recent weeks? Or well, it has nothing to do with me being in Paris, France. But uh, Jordan Walker is back. Jordan Walker, one of the top prospects in baseball who started the year with the big league club in St. Louis. And this is a great little quote from the MLB.com article. Quote, Walker, who electrified MLB audiences earlier in the season by hitting safely in the first 12 games of his career. I don't know if that's necessarily electrifying, but whatever. We can move on from that. Uh, He's back. He had just like a a bunch of swing and miss issues, and the Cardinals felt like he wasn't going to get enough playing time to fix them in the big league. So they sent him back down. The Cardinals have had a rash of outfield injuries over the last couple of weeks with Newt Barr, I believe, having some back spasms. And uh, I think uh, who else was out for them? Oh, I guess O'Neal was out. Carlson is out. So like he's going to get at bats now to work on a swing at the big league level. And that's a great thing because I would rather watch him fail and get better on the big league team where I can more easily follow and track and watch the occasional Jordan Walker monster dunk. Yep. Totally agree. Uh, my guy is also an outfielder and I'm going to go with Akil Badu. Akil Badu. Now the reason why I want to highlight Akil Badu. Now he's been awesome for the last few weeks and the overall numbers, maybe that don't look amazing, but the reason why I wanted to highlight him is because his breakout in 21 was one of my favorite stories of that season as a rule five pick 
who had not played above a ball for them to take him and for him to be so good and a homer on what was it the first pitch he saw or certainly his first at bat like he was this incredible discovery for the Tigers who sucked but it was like okay we have Akil Badu and the degree to which it came crashing down last year really bummed me out because I was like man like I know we see these flashes of the pan types but I was like there were enough red flags here where I was like well, that was that was fun, and now it's over, and then it's just like okay, we move it along. And I, because of the the red flags, I was like, I don't know. He was only twenty three. I shouldn't have buried him there, but I because of the other guys that they had coming up, I was like, that was his chance, and he blew it. And instead, he has been an above average hitter for the twenty twenty three Detroit Tigers, which is no small feat. And the fact that he has been not striking out and walking a ton over the last couple of weeks and being a legitimate. Uh, run producer for him and, and watching him a very unique uh, kind of player uh, has just made me happy honestly he's he's one of my favorites and and I hope that he can kind of maintain and you know sustain especially now Riley Green I mean him going out is, is, is a huge bummer there but uh, I'm, I'm glad to kill Badu looks like he actually is going to be something because I was worried that it was going to be like a fever dream when I look back in 10 years Jordan do you know what's really bad what's really bad the Philadelphia Phillies are really bad. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. They are f- flawed worse than we thought. Yep. They are bad. Aaron Nola sucks. <sighs> Taiwan Walker sucks more. Zach Wheeler is just fine. And Trey Turner sucks right now. He'll be better eventually. Kyle Schwarber had like two hits in all of May and the team is currently six games under 500 after a sweep against the Mets in Queens. They have a their playoff percentages from Fangraphs are still like kind of high at 23.7%. However, they are now behind the Miami Marlins in the National League East. The Marlins at 26% to make the playoffs. Phillies at 23. And like I, as Philly's boy number one, you know, having been on this team last October, essentially, (laughs) it's a bummer. And I was too bummed to go see them when they were in New York this week. Just kidding. I was too busy. Um, They are bad. They are. I watched a good amount of that series. They are bad. Uh, They could be good, right? Like they could be good again. They could make the playoffs. Aaron Nola needs a nap uh, and they need another starting pitcher, but they need to like electrify this team. Someone needs, they need like a defibrillator. And the problem is Rob Thompson, that's not his style, right? They brought him in last year as the manager because he was a new voice. What are they going to do? Just do it again? Just bring Girardi back? That's what like, I thought. It what is you were a saying. bad scene. That's what you were saying a month ago. And it's just not, I don't know. Man. Yeah. Again, you're just going to be in too deep of a hole. Uh, it's really that simple. Now, there's still there's a lot of a lot of mid in, in the National League. So maybe you can climb out of it. But the D backs are relevant to their conversation as well. Of course, the dreams of the division are probably toast, but uh, if we're talking about the wild card, like these other teams are, are better than they were last year. And you can, they, they snuck in last year and we know what happened, but it's going to be a lot harder to sneak in this time around. And I just think it's going to make them in July very, very, very interesting. So good call there. Uh, Jake, my bad this week is involving uh, the Cincinnati Reds, who I'll be attending the Reds Brewers game later today. Um, do you did you see the Twitter beef with uh, one Kirk Herbstreet of ESPN? Yes, this okay. is great. 
I want to zoom in on one very particular part of this beef. So let me uh, recap you for those of you who do not uh, follow um, our uh, friend of the show, uh, C. Trent Rosecrans, who's the Reds beat writer for The Athletic. Uh, Trent wrote a story with Ken Rosendahl uh, last week about, or earlier this week, about how Ellie De La Cruz is amazing and he's going to come up. And what are the Reds going to do with Jonathan India? who Jonathan India has been also good this year, but it's getting pretty crowded in the Reds infield with Matt McClain has been up and he's been fantastic. And what do you do with Jonathan India? Asking very reasonable questions. It's not saying we got to get rid of India right away. It was just like, listen, that these are this is a positional logjam. It's it's a good problem to have. It's not a dire emergency. The Reds are not panicking about this, but it is a it is a reasonable question. And Kirk Herbstreet of ESPN decided to quote tweet it and basically be like, this is a... Like, how could you possibly write this story, uh, put L.A. Dela Cruz in the outfield and move on, which is uh, an amazing take. Uh, this was the quote from Kirk Herbstreit, uh, quoting the story from Ken Rosendahl and, and Trent. This team hasn't had a leader that pushed his teammates every day since Scott Rowland left in 2012. We finally have that guy and you write this article. India's value goes, value goes far beyond the numbers. As excited as we all are about the young town coming up, India needs to be the rock and catalyst for years to come. Put Dela Cruz in the outfield and move on. So the first thing to say is you're listening to this and be like, I know Kirk Herbstreet. Why the fuck is he tweeting about the Reds? Well, Kirk Herbstreet is from outside of Dayton. He still apparently lives in Cincinnati and loves the Reds. He loves the Reds. He is tweeting about the Reds often. Okay, that is an important detail here. But what makes that fact even more amazing is that then he sends this. He goes on foul territory and talks even more about how much he thinks it bothers him. It doesn't seem to acknowledge the realities of the article. And then Trent responds and is like, this is ridiculous. Why is he, you know, well, he doesn't, who, by the way, Kirk Herbstreit admitting, I don't know anything about Ellie Dela Cruz, but I love Jonathan India is a, an amazing take. But then Kirk Herbstreit delivers an all-time bad take, all-time bad take. He says, quote tweets uh, Trent, who is saying like, okay, he thinks he knows how to do my job. Kirk says, Never told you how to do your job. I don't even know who you are. I'm a fan who loves his team. You're a troll looking for attention. Hustle back to creating clicks and causing trouble. If you were to make a short list of people you would incorrectly label as a troll looking for attention, C. Trent would be maybe at the top of the list under any circumstance. But to be a Reds fan who loves his team and not know who Trent Roskans is, is a whole other level of hard to fathom. And so I just, this is such a bad take and so funny that one, I cannot wait to talk to Trent about it in three hours. And two, I am in awe of, of this level of this very specific level of fandom. And so I wanted to present this as one of the funniest bad takes I've ever seen. Thank you. Well said, Jordan. <laughs> what is your ugly this week, Jake? I was going to say that word for word. Uh, my ugly this week is a tweet from one Mr. Rod Carew. <laughs> did you see the Rod Carew tweet? I, I did. Yes. Tell tell our tell our friends. I we haven't talked about this though. So go ahead. Rod Carew, he of eighty one wins above replacement, Hall of Famer, converted Jew, Panamanian baseball icon. 3,053 hits, seven-time batting champ, 18-time All-Star, like one of the best 40 players of all time, okay? Someone tweets, like one of these just random Twitter accounts, what's the best movie theater snack? And Rod Carew quote tweets this and says, 
My aunt makes me hot dogs that I sneak into the theater in my pockets. Nothing better. So there's so much here that's hilarious, right? One, Rod Carew tweeting is just a confluence of two eras that don't sync up in my head. I'm not saying that he shouldn't be on Twitter. He should. It's fine. I don't care. But it just Rod Carew having a Twitter feels weird, right? Yes, absolutely. But again, if you've seen his like I've seen his account before and, you know, (laughs) I was about to say, well, it's not verified. Um, That doesn't mean anything anymore. (laughs) But also uh, the official account like this is there's people tweeting. And, And here's the thing. If this isn't Ron Carew tweeting, this is even weirder. <laughs> and so, and so, like, like I. But first of all, let's let's get back to the specific tweet at hand. Again, my aunt bakes me hot dogs that I sneak into the theater in my pockets. Nothing better. Can I? I want to focus on the word "makes." Thank you. And that's where I would like to be made. Okay. Maybe it's a typo and he may, he means my aunt made me hot dog. Maybe, maybe his aunt is but still. I, <laughs> I don't think it's a mistake because both makes and sneak are current tense. Uh, whereas uh, snuck and made are past. So first of all, shouts out to Rod Carew, who is 77, having a living aunt who can still make a hot dog. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, yes. that's great. I assume the aunt can't be i guess you know families are different and whatever but it's probably a pretty old aunt and i like that she's still making hot dogs for her nephew uh rod carew um how often does he see this aunt uh how often is he going to movie theaters because the 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 phrasing here makes it sound like this is a regular occurrence right if he said one time my aunt made me a hot dog that's like in my pocket nothing better i get it but this is regular other thing condiments is he bringing them on his own is he <laughs> Do they have them there? How's he doing that? Uh, also, he doesn't need to put them in his pockets. Uh, I just bring a backpack. Most movie theaters don't care. Just put them in a Tupperware True. in your backpack and you don't have to put them in your pockets. Next question. Um, are they bunned in your pockets? Mm, or are they hot dogs loose? and buns. Very important. <laughs> Do you have buns in one pocket? Hot dogs in the other? Frankfurters in the other pocket? Do you have sausages in like your back pocket? Um, yeah. Just a so, lot of questions here. I respect it. Also, nothing better as the kid. Nothing better right. kills me. That is like, <laughs> I mean, like, think of all the things that Rod Carew has accomplished. Um, but better. at the end of the day, nothing better than the hot dogs that he sneaks in that his aunt made. But my favorite, listen, I mean, this is where Twitter is. Listen, Twitter is, is a terrible place. It is a wonderful place. But the reason why we'll never quit it is because I just look at the replies and I just see like genuine responses. Like, this guy says, amazing, was not the answer I would have expected to a question like this. Always love to see what you post and share, Rod. Smiley face. Like, thanks. Someone says, I snuck baked beans into cars too. <laughs> thanks. It's like, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> I've actually snuck into Wendy's Frosty. My go-to are burgers. Thanks, Walt. <laughs> but like, again, sneaking food into movie theaters is something everyone does. But it is just... Speaking of fucking wiener in your pocket is insane. I there's just so much. And again, like there's there's enough tweets here. Even if he's not the one sending the tweet, 
there, if you look at his timeline, like it's clearly someone that is connected to Rod Carew. Like there's photos, there's stuff, like it is someone. And so again, if it's just some person who works for Rod Carew, this is an incredible tweet to send <laughs> from Rod Carew's just, account. But everything about it is amazing. I, I really just, I, I, wow. That is just the definition of ugla. I, I'm not even really sure. Like I should have had you go second because honestly, my ugla is just Mike Ford. <laughs> Mike Ford, who I'm just going to keep this quick. Mike Ford, the Mariners are calling him back up today. And talk about, like, respectfully, a minor league cockroach. Talk about you just can't get rid of this guy. It's unbelievable. He has, has really been not productive in the majors at any point except his a brief run in 2019 uh, for the Yankees when the ball was super juiced. But since then, he's just bounced around all these different teams. Uh, ben Hill at MILB.com recently wrote a fantastic uh, story talking to him in Tacoma about how last year alone, he had 32 uh, different transactions and played for four different organizations. At no point was he really playing particularly well. But then this year, he somehow ends up back in Tacoma and he was absolutely mashing. And because as we mentioned earlier, Mariners DH has not exactly been a strength. He has now been called back up uh, to to join the Mariners roster, and I, I don't understand. He's third. He's uh, listen. Uh, clearly, an awesome guy, and I have nothing against him personally. And I hope he hits a million homers for the Mariners in the coming weeks. But it is it is one of the more perplexing minor league <laughs> journeys that I have ever seen. So, Mike Ford, we salute you. I hope you hit some home runs in Texas. All righty, Jordan. I think that does it for the show. Let's take a quick look ahead to this weekend i admittedly will not be watching a whole lot of baseball as i am in pipeline we will be locked in you will be locked into the college baseball regionals but if we want to talk about major league baseball a series that tickles my fancy i mean it's obvious yankees dodgers yep. stanton and donaldson back for the pinstripes out in la if there's any series i'm going to make sure to watch it'll be that one i mean those games will be happening at like 3 a.m here yep. but whatever yeah, you'll you'll maybe you'll catch uh, <clears throat> catch the end of them in the morning. Uh, I will go with uh, we just mentioned the D backs, D backs Braves this weekend. Really good opportunity for them at home to kind of keep the momentum going potentially. And then the opposite in terms of how how teams are feeling, Cubs Padres. Those are two fan bases in a very rough place right now. Uh, Cubs heading out of San Diego. Certainly interested in that. Uh, and then I would say yeah, I mean obviously Mariners Rangers is is super important, but those are the ones that that stand out to me. With a win tonight, the Nationals, if they beat the Phillies tonight, they will be tied in the American League East with the, or NL East with the exact same record. If the Nationals take this series two of three from the Phillies, they'll be tied. And if they sweep them, they'll be ahead of them by two games. So keep and an eye on, on the, the surging Nats. Even, even more, again, unlikely, but the Reds and Brewers have a four game series that it goes to Monday. Um, if the Reds mop, they will be in first place. That is ridiculous. The NL Central, the Brewers are in first place with the worst run differential, which is completely in insane. Um, but anyway, so that's that's the weekend ahead. You will be in France and not watching. Uh, as if you listen to my conversation, you know, with Stephen Shocker this week, college baseball this weekend, uh, softball, women's college world series is on. So much good ball to watch. And uh, it's, a good, it's a good weekend, fun time of year. Just wanted to have a quick note before we wrap things up. Thank you for all the people who sent in feedback and responses and notes regarding our discussion on Wednesday's episode about the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence and Trevor Williams and the Los Angeles Dodgers. You know, admittedly, there was a lot that I think we glazed over a little bit, which was always going to be the case. And we were open and kind of admitted that. I think the two things I will say, I it, 
it is important to understand why the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence do what they do um, and choose to kind of subvert the, uh, you know, some of the motifs and themes of the Catholic Church in the way that they that they do it. So I, I heavily recommend for people to kind of look a little bit more into that, um, something that I think we, we glossed over. And the other thing, and, you know, we got a lot of responses, but the one thing that someone sent us that really stuck with me was very simple, which is that. Trevor and um, people who are coming out against what the Dodgers are doing and the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence as a whole do not get to have a say in how queer people celebrate queer people, right? And that has stuck with me and kind of stuck in my head. And that is just the thing that I want to leave people with for that conversation for those who listened on Wednesday. And I will also say as a good uh, positive note to end on, uh, on a related note, now that Pride Month has actually begun... And we have started to see uh, more, much more positive messages coming out of certain MLB players. I know Marcus Stroman. I know Mark Canna. I know Julio Rodriguez. Like, it is encouraging. Long way to go. It's little things. I know there's still so much more progress to be made, but it definitely put me in a little bit better mood but, than I did earlier this week. Absolutely. Like, those little things matter, dude. Like, mm-hmm. and it is so simple. It is so simple, right? Like, Julio tweeting a picture of himself in a pride shirt, like, with the rainbow flag. Like, that's... I'm not saying that's going to solve homophobia or anything, right? But, like, that does make people feel more comfortable and create spaces and comfort for people. Like, that's a great thing and a big deal. Yeah. Um, I mean, we shouldn't bow down to these guys and say that they're the heroes, but it, no, it, it's important not. to recognize when when players in this really kind of regressive space are doing important things. Julio Rodriguez just rolling rolling off his AL Player of the Week with a, with a Love Wins shirt. Can he get any cooler? Stay tuned. He probably can. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of Baseball Barbacast. Jake, enjoy Paris, France. Thank you to Christopher Tyler for producing this podcast. As always, Chris is the best. We will be back next week with some interesting interesting podcasts ahead we will see which ones jake will be on and which ones he won't but i will certainly be here and i look forward to it so thank you as always for the support have a wonderful weekend and we'll talk to you soon au revoir serious xm podcasts